you are choosing this morning to spend the next few minutes with us and all together. So I know. thank you for that, church. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I know, like, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, but, uh, you know, the empty tomb reminds us. And this is going to be cheesy pastor moment, but oh, I'm no. here to tell you. We're only five that, seconds. I know, but I'm going to say it, but it's all good. <laughs> Not even the pandemic of death could quarantine the King of Kings. So nothing can, look, there's not anything. We were praying beforehand. Can I just really encourage you as, uh, and we're going to, we're going to have some fun this morning. We're going to, uh, I'm going to probably sing a cheesy song this morning. Um, I feel like our morning's gotten off to a pretty interesting it is, it start has. anyway. But I, I wanted to, exactly. Um, and while we were testing uh, some stuff, we went live without By knowing accident, we were live, so. which is always fun. Um, yeah. Don't go looking for those videos. I know some of you are right now. Yeah, um, super not stressful. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm really fine. She's really great. Really. But I do, we were just praying, truthfully, uh, guys, about there's nothing. uh, The empty tomb shows us there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. That's how much he loves you. And, you know, no matter what uh, we've gone through, no matter what we have done or has been done to us, um, no matter what scenario or situation we face, the empty tomb should be screaming to you this morning. I love you. I love you. I love you. I will let no obstacle in life um even in death separate us uh from 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 each other so just be encouraged this morning it's a a great easter it is it's it's one of those mornings where i just feel a new breath i feel like oh thank you jesus for fresh yeah thank you jesus for new thank you jesus for light thank you jesus for sun thank you jesus for hope you know it's not just because jesus is so good he doesn't just give us um, hope for our eternities. He gives us hope for right now, like at two o'clock this afternoon, That's right. that hope That's you know, right. kicks in. So anyway, we want to welcome you. If this is one of your first times with us, this is Kyle. Hi. My name's Danielle. And, um, along with a lot of other people, we make up connect and we're so thankful that you've been joining us. And we know that, um, we've had a lot of new people over this course of time, Absolutely. And especially with us on good Friday. And we just want to say thank you for you giving your time this morning to, um, to honor the Absolutely. Lord. And, uh, if you want to get to know us a little bit more, there's a link there that's provided that tells you a little bit more about us, but we just wanted to say happy Easter to you too. Absolutely. And you know, uh, for, for many of us, um, you, you may know that we're, uh, in the process of rebuilding um, uh, it's the Cherry Hill Campus building. And uh, we got a great gift this morning. Um, yes, we did. W- one of our just amazing men uh, who's been just a part of this family for so long, uh, Steve Smith, um, he, he, um, he made this cross for us for, that's going to hang over the brand new uh, the, the brand new uh, stage Platform, and yeah. it's from an 18th century beam from a farmhouse in in, in Pennsylvania so it's like yeah. really really cool I don't, I don't know which, there's some there's a couple platforms the Instagram that, the, the pictures yeah. will be up afterwards you certainly can see them but if you're but on YouTube or Facebook we're showing them right now just and really cool you know Steve helped us uh Helped is such a, a weak word, yeah, right. but he helped us when we revamped the just the sanctuary many many years ago, and I was so grateful that he wanted to contribute to uh, building the cross for um, our new our new sanctuary. So just a little bit of light, just yeah. a little bit of beauty to show you guys. Just a little bit. So hey guys, we want to uh, you know we really want to start off this morning um, with worship and. Uh, Jake's Jake's gonna come in in just a second and sing um, "Graves into Gardens," 
And if you're not familiar with the song, it's, it's all about uh, what the power of God's uh, Holy Spirit can do, what the power of God's love can do in this concept of just removing mm-hmm. obstacles in our life. He can change the things that once, call, that, that once held an image yeah. of death, like the, the, the tomb, and, and change them into gardens. He can take yeah. the, the ashes that we have and, and restore beauty. Um, in our lives. There is nothing, this day should remind us, there is nothing, nothing too powerful, nothing impossible for our God. So just want to encourage you as, as Jake comes, um, join us in worship, right? I mean, it's like, we're going to try not to bang. So you, I bang. If you can hear, I do. If you know this song, you turn graves into gardens. But you can do that at home. You can do that at home. Okay. (laughs) Happy Easter. Happy Easter. (laughs) All right, church, let's sing this together. Amen. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you. And there's nothing, nothing is better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you and there's nothing nothing is better than you you turn morning to dancing you to give beauty for ashes you turn shame into glory you're the only one who can You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Cause there's nothing better than you and there's nothing better than you. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. One more time. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Thank you for that concept of turning graves, turning places of death into places of beauty, God. It's truly so magnificent to see our life in ash and then see it yes. come back to life uh, through no work of our own, through no uh, glory that can be attributed to us. It's solely the goodness of God. It is solely the cross yes. and your life giving way to death, giving way to eternal life that makes that possible. And Father, we thank you for steadying our gaze mm. on the empty tomb today, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you would teach us in these next few moments how to make that applicable to our own daily lives in very tangible and realistic ways, even as we celebrate something that is nothing less than supernatural in your name. 
Amen. 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 Love it. I love that song. I love it. I love it. I love it. Can't wait to do it all in in round with uh, loud voices uh, and hearing you sing it with us. Um, well, what a proclamation. You know, there's power when we worship together. There's power when we come into agreement. And, and that's, that's part of the power um, of discipleship. And that's kind of what we want to talk a little bit more of this morning um, as we celebrate Easter. And if since you have your Bible uh, handy somewhere with you, uh, why don't you turn with me to the book of John chapter 20. John chapter 20. John is the fourth book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And uh, if you need a title for this morning, here we go. The title for this morning is Every Morning is Easter Morning. Tell them why. I love it. Okay, so this is why. <laughs> like, I, I know if, uh, we used to sing the song all the time at those sunrise services that I was talking about last week up on the Mount of Mount Holly. And I had a great encounter this week with one of the guys who was working at the church. And he was like, oh my gosh, I live on that Mount. I know That's those services. So cool. It's so it's so cool. Shout out to Sean. You're the man, by the way. Yes. Um, and uh, it, this song bothers D so much. <laughs> no, no, and, no. No, no. What? The song does not bother me. I bother you? You bother me for the last 25 years. Every more, every every Easter. And I didn't do it this morning because I knew we were going to do it now. I'm saving it up for you. And it's every morning is Easter morning from now on. No, Come on. Every day is resurrection day. The past is over and gone. Goodbye guilt, goodbye fear, good riddance. I don't know. Hello, Lord. Hello, son. Oh, we're on Broadway now. Okay. <laughs> I'm one of the Easter people. My new life has begun. Okay, they, they get the point. So every Easter, Easter. of my life. Yes. And every Easter. It has, it, has, it has to happen. Every morning is oh. Easter morning. And I love it. Well, you know, it, it's, look, that song's cheesy. Um, but the truth, there's power in there. There's truth in there. That, that the empty tomb uh, has given us the power to live a resurrected life, to live in the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. See, um, what, what's, uh, when, when the stone was rolled away, a new age was birthed. Th this is the new age. There was the age, and now there's an age to come. We are living in a new age, and as disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, this isn't just about us kind of learning to live, celebrating an event that happened 2,000 years yes. ago. Yeah. This is a, this this moment in time released the Holy Spirit, released hope, released love in such a way that it has enabled us uh, to live mm -hmm. in the power of God, in the love of God, in a living hope, as Peter's going to tell us, um, in, in this life. And I think that's what we want to inspire you with this morning, that... It's not just that we're not we're commemorating an event vent. that took place a long time ago Correct. and just trying to pay homage to that. Right, right exactly. We're, that. we're learning. No, indeed, that's so important because that's what happens a lot in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. so, uh, Fourth of July, right? In America, Fourth right. of July, everybody gets together, fireworks go off, we're celebrating an event that happened, um, but then we move on in our lives. Mm -hmm. But the empty tomb isn't about celebrating an event, it's about bringing that truth that came and that, that we encountered on that day into our lives every day and allowing that to, to, to change stuff because Jesus went into that tomb as the suffering Savior, but he arose and came out of that tomb as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so what we're celebrating today, guys, is not a better life. Right, yeah. It's not a better life. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the opportunity to have a, a, a supernatural life, a transformed life. A life that is filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. That's what's so cool. The word tells us that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now gets to live inside of yeah. us. So the, it's not just a memory that lives inside of us. It's, a, it's yeah. the spirit 
that lives inside You're of us. Before we get to the scripture, I know. I'm, I'm, I see it. I'm excited this I morning. See it. Yes, I might step to the side. And no, no. <laughs> I feel but, like you've got this. No, I, I, it's Easter. <laughs> Come on, this is the best message ever. Like the cross is fantastic, but if if there was no resurrection, um, all we would have is a, a a hope that the work of Jesus Christ was enough. The the resurrection is the proof that the work was enough. And, and that's why what I think so important is that this stuff doesn't come to you by somehow somehow us becoming perfect yeah. so that we get it. Yeah. It doesn't at all. It, it never can be. But it is. It, it does come to us because he was and is perfect and is perfecting us. Mm-hmm. That's what 2 Corinthians 3.18 says. It says we're being transformed every day into his image. He brings us from glory to glory. There's a becoming. Right. And that becoming right. started here. And every time that we allow what, what happened here to be happening in our life daily, there's a becoming uh, in, in the midst of it. And the empty tomb empowers the perfect work of the cross to be made perfect in each one of us. See, I think that's the good news of the Easter message. That because he lives, he constantly is bringing us into the life that he has. And that's that. That's the confidence that we have, and that's a little bit what we're going to talk about today. In you know, when Paul says in Philippians one six, you know, He who began the good work in me, mm-hmm. He'll bring it to completion. Yeah. And um, Christianity isn't about a moment. It's not about a moment at in, uh, at a tomb. It's not about a moment simply at an altar. It's not about a moment just kind of at church. A moment at, of a prayer. It really is about allowing the Spirit of God that came from that tomb to transform us. Yeah. Amen. All right. Are you yeah, ready? let's read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> like I said, I can, I can. No, 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 cause we're, look, we're going to, we're going to see in this, uh, three disciples and how they're in, how they're, how they came and left the tomb and how it changed their life. Um, John chapter 19, verse six says this chapter 19. Um, I'm sorry. It should be chapter 20, verse six says this. Uh, then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, uh, whom Jesus loved, who reached the tomb first, went inside. He saw and believed. Believed. Look look at what it says here. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So John believed even if he didn't understand. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look inside the tomb and saw two angels in white seated there where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the feet. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken away the Lord, uh, my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't even realize that it was Jesus. My friends, this is a, the empty tomb is a transitional moment for these three disciples and not just for them. It, it is for us as well. And um, it's not really the how we come to the tomb that matters. It's, it's how we take the tomb with us yeah. every day that matters, um, uh, really allowing every, every morning to be Easter morning. That you, from I, now on. Uh, yeah, I was expecting And let every day be resurrection okay, yeah, day. yeah, I get it. Because right. the past is so, over, it's gone. Oh, look, I have something to say. 
<laughs> Isn't it good that we can have fun? I'll tell you. Like, we're like 57,000 weeks into this, and oh, we're no. still laughing. So No, no, it's absolutely right. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, one of the things that I notice about this passage is that it's, you know, we're seeing Jesus come back. We're yeah. seeing something supernatural. We're seeing something that will affect all of eternities. And yet... God chose to highlight to us in this story what three different disciples of his experienced while this was taking place. Yep. He could have easily, literally just focused on Jesus, on Jesus rising again. Yep. and what was happening with Jesus. But he included the disciples in the story. And I, I love that because that means he included us in the story. And we, it's the greatest thing to remember is that these are three very still imperfect people. Yeah. I know that, you know, we, we know that, you know, Peter went on to write books of the Bible. Yeah. So, so a lot of times what we do is we think we don't remember that sometimes when we're even seeing um, situations take place in the word, we're seeing someone becoming someone. Yes. And that is something that is beautiful if we hone in onto this story and we look at Peter and John and Mary because they are still in the midst of becoming who they will be fully yep. for Christ. And you know, I kept thinking about um, you know, if someone if someone today, if you were to meet President Barack Obama today, right? You would be so intrigued because you know, he was the president of our country. He was the first black president of our country. Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, unending accomplishments, right? And so you would speak to him with a certain amount of awe, and your questions would be centered around probably in part what you could glean, what you could learn, you know, tell me what that incredible thing was really like. But President Obama didn't start out as President right, Obama. Right, right, right. All right. right yep. He yep. was, you know, at one point he was 25 years old, figuring out like the rest of us. Right. And sometimes you figure out things falling forward. And the reason I'm talking about that is because we can look at Peter as um this on the on this on the rock i will yeah, build my church and, you know and how how honored peter is now but peter was still on his way to becoming that in and when we read now the thing is is that peter was much closer to peter the martyr than peter the get behind me satan peter <laughs> in this part of the journey but he doesn't know it yet but he doesn't know it yeah, yet correct. it's kind of like when we when we read about john i won't jump ahead but what's like when we read about john he's like he didn't know but he still believed yeah. and i'm like how you three and a half years yeah. you spent listening to him, but I, then I go, oh, thank God, because I still don't get it. I still don't get yeah. it right. Yes. I still don't understand and interpret situations where God is speaking to me and moving to me correctly. Correct. So that's why I say we're grateful that there's there's the story of different disciples that show up even in the midst of something so supernatural. And the beautiful thing about Peter is that. He may have not gotten there first. <laughs> he may yeah, have right, not correct. gotten everything right. But he went into the tomb where we'll see that John and Mary did not at first. Right? Yeah, right. So this, this man, yes, we are watching this man in his becoming. We are watching a morphing of his brashness turn into boldness for yes. Christ. And I, I, I point that out because some of us, you know, we want to get the end result. We want to just be bold in all of the right ways. But God in his goodness, even in even in a time where, like, now you should get it right, Peter. This is your yeah, moment. Right, 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 you know, right, that right, he's still right, not understanding, right. he's still not getting it right. It is in the becoming that we see that the boldness that is in him, that God 
brings out that that brashness that that morphs into boldness it's something that god can use and there's things inside of you today that are yes they're still in process they're still morphing but i pray that god starts to show you that some of those things are actually beautiful they are for the edification of others and they will bless him in due time yes yeah, so good i, I love uh, i love that picture i love peter's brashness right because mm-hmm. like for i can so relate to peter yeah, right? right you know he's kind of you know, I, I'm not a fast runner, right? Uh, right? But but I wouldn't have stopped. I would have been like, Pete, I, I mean, like, John C., I'm in. Yeah. And I love that. I love his brashness. I love the fact that he's in the process of boldness. And the reason we're bringing this out, guys, is because, um, you know, the, the empty tomb had real effect in disciples' lives. Yeah. And, and it should have real effect in our lives. And we probably can find ourselves in some of each of these moments but he has this brashness kind of that that he runs right in right and he rushes he doesn't think right he's not thinking about consequences he's like i'm yeah, going yeah, in yeah. right if jesus is alive i'm there and and i always think that's kind of how peter is right he's like mr 100 mile an hour yes right and and it's it's full in like i'm, yes. I'm full in jesus jesus is like i'm gonna wash your feet he's like give me the whole bath Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> Jesus is like, I'm gonna have to die. He's like, I'm not gonna let him die. I'm gonna kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he, he bows up, and I, I know, it, like, he is. Oh, he just cut off the ear of a, a servant. But he was taking on an entire, yes. like, trained group of soldiers. He was like, I don't care. I'm all in. And I love the fact that he's all in. D. I love that. And I think, um, I think many times, kind of, the the truth is that we can be like Peter. I know I can be like Peter. Um, and I think as I look back in my life, I probably was. Where I'm, I'm really full on. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm doing things. Um, I think, especially men, man. We, we, as men, when we get on fire for Jesus, like I'm not talking about when our wives first start bringing us to church. Come on, I'm talking about when we, when we, when we get on fire for Jesus. Um, there, there, there's undoubt. There's this fire that can happen, but, and this is the becoming moments. Becoming, right? Right. But and and this is the becoming. If we're not honest about the yes. the but moments, right? Yes. We will never become. And and, and the um undoubtedly just like peter there's going to be times where we fail mm-hmm. uh where where something happens where yes. circumstance doesn't work out where doubt creeps in where guilt or shame begins to move into our lives and um you bust in there going i knew it right exactly. i knew totally it didn't know it he, didn't, right. he busted in but he he's didn't. like what's up he wanted <laughs> He wanted where's to, the body? Where's the body? Where's the dead body? I'm going. I'm going to settle this. If someone right. took the body, I'm going to deal with right. it. Right. And and he runs in, and, and the Bible says he doesn't reject Jesus. Yeah. You know, in these moments, but this is what jumped out of me. But he went home differently than he came. Mm. He ran. He rushed to the tomb. But the Bible actually says he went away. And that Greek word for went away means to move away without radical fervor. Yeah. It actually is a specific word John uses. Yeah, they went cool. away. He went away without radical fervor. He lost the pep in his step. And I think, I think the if we only ever kind of see our lives through the cross mm-hmm. and never really engage with what the empty tomb means to us, right. it's so easy to yeah. lose a pep in our step because yeah. we get excited that we're forgiven, but then all we're reminded all the time of why we needed to be forgiven. Yeah. It's more like relief instead of rejoicing. 100%. I'm relieved that I'm right. forgiven instead of rejoicing that I'm free. Yeah, correct. And maybe maybe he went there, and I think this is, you know, maybe he went there, maybe he was trying to deal with whoever was going to was taking the body, but maybe he was hoping that Jesus was there. Yeah. Maybe sure. he was hoping, not just because he was raised from the dead, like every, you know, on a bigger scale, but on a personal scale. Yeah, right. Man, I want to get this right with him. 
I, I got something I got to work out with them. There, there's this thing inside of me that that's become an obstacle. You didn't forget the rooster moment. And no, and that we don't normally that, forget that rooster moment was lives. still that rooster moment was still fresh and yes. alive. It, I think it kept him from going to the cross. The distance from the, that's exactly yes. what I was just thinking. So he remembers the distance. He remembers the distance. He's feeling the distance. And so we have this dichotomy as a man here, as as a Christian, where he's like, I, I, I used to be so on fire, but there's mm-hmm. distance now. I don't know how to deal with the distance because yeah. I can't fight it. Yeah. I can't overcome it. So he's hoping Jesus is there, and maybe he comes in and he's not. And... Um, Maybe it's the thing that still is keeping him being the pebble instead of the rock, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the truth. You and I as disciples, we, we will have times where we, there are things in our life that, that um, are, are those moments here that mm-hmm. are keeping us the pebble. Mm-hmm. You know, Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, um, you know, I, I, I have to get rid of all the weight uh, that, uh, that, that's on me, all the sin that mm-hmm. entangles me. How do I do it? Fixing my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. Um, and that's really the message, I think, of Easter as we start talking about this, that whatever obstacles between you and I, I mean, between us and, 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 and the Father, us and Jesus, the, the love of God will remove. Um, and, you know, Peter needed what John had. He needed yes. love. John needed what Peter had, I right? I know. I love that. And, then, and I know you're going to talk about how that, 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 that discipleship in, in, yeah. in pairs it works out. But um, why, why I'm saying that is this, is that the resurrected Jesus shows up to Peter in the next chapter. He does it differently than he shows up to Mary. Yes. He does it differently than he shows up to John. He does it yes. differently than he shows up to Thomas. Right. But he did it because the, the resurrected Lord is all about bringing about restoration through love. And so he sits him down and he says, do you love me, Peter? I, look, I don't care. I'm going to take you back to your greatest failure. He couldn't have done that there at the empty tomb. He deals with Mary at the empty tomb. He deals with Thomas in a different way. He takes Peter back to his failure. And he says, look, I just want to get one thing between you and I. I don't care about anything. I ask you this. Do you understand how much I love you? And can you love me back that much? And in that moment, the resurrected power of of love that was in that moment for Peter restored a living hope inside of him. It restored a living hope. He didn't, a hope he didn't have. And that's what the love of God can do for our lives. When we wrestle with it and when we allow the personal love of Jesus to, to, to encounter us in the way he'll bring it to us. That's why Peter could write later on in 1 Peter 1, 3, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, who, uh, who uh, uh, um, um, uh, according to his great mercy, caused us to be born again into a living hope through the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Right. And, and yeah, I love this, this thought that we can, even in our failures, the more that we bask in the love, the personal encounters mm-hmm. of the love of God, who's doing it, he may be doing it differently than he do with you, right. or that he's doing with yes. someone who's next to you, because we're always yeah. looking, we're always trying to compare. And, and the love of Jesus, he's just trying to show up for Peter and say, this is all what it is, yeah. there's still hope. And that's why the, the story about John is so cool, because John needed what Peter was, mm-hmm. right? He needed a little more boldness, Yes. but John had the love. Yeah. This is the iron sharpening iron if we let right, it, right. right? And John, the Bible says that John believed even if he didn't understand. Um, that Greek word means he did not fully discern. 
He knew the word, but he did not discern the word, right? And, and, but his lack of understanding didn't negate the faithfulness of God uh, to his promises. And I know that's important to you, that God is faithful to his promise, right? Isaiah 55, 11 says, it doesn't matter what the consequence, I know what the scenario is, my word will go forth and it will not come back void. It will do the work I've called it to do and it will succeed and it will prosper. And I love this fact that somehow John's existing relationship with Jesus, D, his resisting relationship with Jesus, um, enabled him to believe the unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need in our world today. Yeah. It's interesting that you said that John didn't discern the times, but he st still believed. Right. And it's, it's, you know, different times, again, when we read about people in the Word, different people will strike a chord with us for different reasons. And so when I read about John, I, in, especially in this scenario, again, he's just a man. So, yeah, right. you know, but we're, he's having a supernatural experience. It's funny that you said that because I, um, a, a, a supernatural gift of mine is discernment, right? Yes. Yeah, so right. I can discern, but one of my supernatural gifts is not faith. Right, 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 right. So for me, I am drawn to John in this situation. In the natural, you can judge him, right? And you're like, how do Correct. you not, what, how, what more pieces do you need to come together right now to make this make sense for you? And I'm usually like, all of them. <laughs> I need all of the pieces and I need you to put the yeah, puzzle because together. Because it says he believed, but it doesn't say what he believed. Right, yeah. Right, right. But the gift that is on him is a supernatural gift. gift of faith. Yeah, exactly. And I love being around people that have that gift because I do not have it. So I could have explained things yeah. with the gift Correct. of discernment Correct. to Correct. John. Correct. But my discernment would have not given him thus the gift of faith. Yes. Because faith is in operation even in the absence of having something to discern. Yes. So I, I, John in this situation as a disciple, he is someone that I am drawn to because I see something that lacks in me just as a person. He yep. believes, right, even though he doesn't fully understand. I think of, um, I always think, I always use this example to Kyle too, but the, uh, Pastor John Hearn, he has a so, gift of faith. And it's, and when, you, when, when he talks about it, it seems very simplified. Just like, I just, I, I don't know, he I said know. it, I, I believe. Right, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. that right there, like, how do you get that? And it seems so simplified to someone when it comes to them as a supernatural gift, gift, but it has so much weight. And you want to be around that more because, you know, you can get lost in the weeds. If you yeah. if you have yeah. something like yeah. me with discernment, yeah. oh yeah. my gosh, there's so many weeds with what you've discerned that you could get so lost in, in them. And why I'm talking about that is because this is a beautiful portrait of us of how different being around different people with different gifts changes the atmosphere Agreed. because they weren't all existing in these little bubbles you know like um peter's boldness didn't just affect him john's faith didn't just yeah, 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 yeah. affect yep, him yep, yep. mary's devotion did not just affect her yep when you because don't you sometimes feel like okay i need to become more bold i need more faith i need to yeah. be more devoted to christ i need to serve yep. better and and you can get overwhelmed but when you're in the presence of different people that have those different supernatural gifts, cue the siren, affecting <laughs> you, and apparently he's parked now. He, Woo! And it's right from her house. Um, 
when, when you have all of those in conjunction working together, it actually changes the atmosphere. Totally a lot changes. of times, me as a person, yep. like I have to have more of this and more of yep. that and more of this. I feel the pressure to change the atmosphere around myself, trying to like stir up my faith and right, stir up right, my, whatever right, all right. you know, all of the gifts and desserts, just, just you know, stir up a word of knowledge, just stir up. But God is stirring the atmosphere by giving different people in our atmosphere yep. different gifts. So then we see Mary, right? And so we see, so so John John didn't get didn't get, get there didn't go into the tomb first. Right, right? correct. Yeah. So it, it's Peter, right, that went out ahead. Yeah, John or, ran ahead. John ran ahead, and but Peter, Peter went, but then yeah. he stopped short. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he stopped short, right? But he had the faith. And then we see Mary. She was there before everybody. Yeah. Right? She was there she came to, and told them. to yeah, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she came she went and told them. Yep. But something, you know, very precious about Mary is that what we're seeing are the supernatural gifts of helps, of mercy, and of serving. Yeah. Active in her life. And a lot of times, you know, you can have a gift of faith, but you don't always have a gift of mercy. Right. 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 And so this is why we needed to see these working in conjunction. Again, in people who are still becoming, and even at the end of their lives, even if they ended up as a martyr, they were still human. They Correct. were still a sinner. And But Mary's devotion is so beautiful because it kept her there, right? So they, they left. Yeah. And she stayed there. She's still weeping. She's facing in, right, yep. to the empty tomb. She's looked in, and then she has this encounter, and when she turns around, mm. long story short, she turns around, and she's face-to-face with Jesus. And a lot of times, again, she gets such a bad rap because, like, and she still didn't realize who he was until right. he said her name. But for me, what God has been speaking to me this Easter is that to to purpose in myself, church, and this is for many of us, to make that make that transition of how we turn around faster, because so often we're left looking at something that reads to us as a loss. Right. There's something that's empty, right? And when she turned around. She still did not know that that was Jesus. I think we have in the movies, like we turn around and, ah! Yeah, right. She still thinks he's the gardener. Yeah. So she turns around, but at least she's positioned to be able to see him in due time. Yeah. And I just want to encourage us with that, that Mary's supernatural gift of devotion gave her that drive to, yes, I'm here, I'm still weeping, I'm still mourning, I'm still trying to find him. But she also then pivoted. She also then, at a certain point, stopped looking at what was lost. Stopped looking at shame. Stopped looking at your sin. Stopped looking at your past. Stopped looking, even if your past was yesterday, stop looking in that direction. And turn your attention. Be more, be purposed to close the gap of time in that transition so that when God reveals himself, we actually can see him and call him as he is. Absolutely. Yeah, indeed. I think I love the fact that all of them are becoming. Yeah. Right? So like, and, and it's you, just to flip back to John for one second, the, the thing about John is that we would think John has it all together because John right. loves. Right. He's got it all, right? right. And, now, and, and, and the beautiful thing about love is that love enables us to believe mm-hmm. even when circumstances are unbelievable, right? Yes. Because... He doesn't. He's not. He's not believing because the because just on the promise because he doesn't even understand the fullness he doesn't of the even promise. Understand that, yeah. He he's believing because he trusts the promise keep maker, right? So his connection is with Jesus. 
But what I love about that, because we would think in our world, that's all. That's all I got to do. I just got to love Jesus. Mm. But no, he's still in the process of becoming. Yes. He tells on himself. He says, I don't even understand. Like yes. He's like, I yes. believe, but I didn't even understand. Yes. I, there was a point in me that I, I, I needed discernment. I, I needed to grow in understanding. I needed to grow in, in knowledge. And without the empty tomb, my friends, he would have had love, but no understanding, no depth of revelation, no, yes. no supernatural Holy Spirit uh, revelations of who God was. And I think, unfortunately, in our life in modern church today, it's, you know... I can be happy, right? I can be happy, but still have no discernment, still have no oh, wisdom, yeah. still have oh, yeah. no power. Yeah. And and the empty tomb is what releases the Holy Spirit. The, the empty tomb is what, what what releases the the change in us. That's why he he goes on and uh, and and he says in John sixteen verse seven, Jesus said, "It's better for me to go away because when I go away, I'm going to send you the Spirit, so you understand." John says in 1 John, in his epistle, 1 John 2, verse 27, he said, I, I need the Holy Spirit to teach me. Yes. That's why I need to abide in yes. him. So, I mean, th this whole thing, he would have had love, but no understanding. Mm -hmm. And and that's this whole, the, the growth process through all of this is that the empty tomb, uh, the empty tomb, through the empty tomb, we can love the Savior. Uh, without the empty tomb, we can love the Savior but not walk in the power, the understanding, the revelation of the Holy Spirit. I just had a thought, and maybe, maybe it'll end up being something we talk about next week or something, but I don't, who knows. But um, I was thinking about, you know, John, like he believed. Right. With no, like how you said in the Greek, there was no, and now I'm going to go find him. Right, it's like, correct. oh, I guess, he, I guess he was raised from the dead. This is good. Right. But it's important. It was important. Jesus showed us that it was important that they then see him. Not correct. just... Not just have the empty tomb to go live their lives by that. They had the testimony of need, still needing to encounter him afterwards. And I think Absolutely. that's an important lesson for us too. Is Absolutely. that we can have encounters um, with a miracle. Right, correct. But Jesus still saw that it was very important that they had contact with him. Because that's how 100%. they had, 100%. that's how they were truly, that whole becoming came full circle. So Absolutely. that they would live their lives in complete consecration to Jesus. That is the message of Easter. The message of Easter isn't just that Jesus rose from the dead. The message of Easter is that he rose from the dead to keep having personal relationships yes. with his disciples. Yes. So this isn't just about a, a repositioning of yes. Jesus from earth back into heaven. Right. It is an actual revelation of his dedication to having personal relationships with the people who follow him, regardless of what they need to change. Like mm -hmm. he does, Jesus doesn't say, John, you got love, but you're dumb as a stone, right? right? Or, yeah. hey, you, I love Peter's boldness. Why don't you have more like that? Mm. He, he, it's all about personal encounter and yeah. all about making sure that we um, are, are becoming what he died for and what yeah. he's living for. And Mary, just like you just said, Mary, I love this picture of Mary, and she mm -hmm. does get a bad rap. And mm -hmm. maybe it is the sorrow. Maybe it is grief. I mean, she, like, like I'm, I'm. She I'm, tended out of love. It was devotion. Right. It She's wasn't She's so obligation. devoted. And okay, sometimes when we've served for a long time and things haven't worked out, like you want to talk about church life. This, yeah. like, we talk about this a lot. Yes. That church life doesn't always isn't always a bed of roses. So sometimes there's, you've served and worked hard and served people and 
then they let you down and you've got grief and it changes the way you see life. It changes the way that you see circumstance. You wish it didn't, but it does. Yeah. And, and maybe that's what's going on. And, you know, uh, you know, the, the, this, this moment, like Easter shows us that God can remove obstacles from our lives. But a lot of times those obstacles still stay in our eyes. They still stay in front of us, like how we see things, how we see opportunities. You and I were talking about just me yesterday. Just there's still stuff in the way that I see church or the disappointment that I have uh, in life and the way that that taints the way that I see things just around me, even though Jesus has promised different things and his presence is different, uh, uh, wants to bring different things. And that's why I think it's so cool that like Mary doesn't do what Peter and John do, right? They go in. She doesn't. She yes. sta- stands outside. But the Bible says two angels show up. Mm-hmm. Have, where were those angels before? Mm-hmm. Peter was there, right? John right. was there. They don't yes. mention them. Uh-huh. And I love that, again, Jesus shows up in a way that's different. Than everyone else. Because sometimes we just need different spiritual encounters. Sometimes sometimes we're in a Mary position and God has to show up differently than he, than he did in a Thomas situation. We're not doubting. We're sad. We're, right? we're, we're, we're just grieving a loss, right? Or, you know, sometimes it's not just settled by understanding. Like, well, you just got to get in the word. No, sometimes I need the master to show up and call my name. And remind me he knows me. Remind me that he sees me. I think the greatest power that Mary has isn't the fact that she gets to see Jesus. Is that she understands he sees her. Like what a beautiful picture. I know. I know that my Jesus lives. I know theologically all the out. But sometimes in my grief... Sometimes in my sorrow, sometimes in my disappointment of how devoted I've been and it hasn't worked out, sometimes I have to be reminded that he calls me Kyle. Mm -hmm. Not disciple, not pastor, Mm -hmm. not dad, not husband, not a title, Kyle, me, Mary. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I need those kind of spiritual encounters and it needs to be different than he did for Peter and different than he did with John. And that, my friends, is the greatest moment. Yep, the angels were there, I believe, to do one thing, get her to turn around. Mary, there's someone behind you. Let me help refocus your eyes. You're looking and asking the wrong questions. You got the right heart, but the wrong question. Turn around. Jesus is standing right there behind you. I love, too, that um, he asks, Jesus adds a question. And says, whom are you seeking? Whom are you seeking? And I think that a lot of times we're seeking relief. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're seeking um, something to relent. Like to to change. change. We're seeking for something. And um, I think that's such a steadying question that Jesus asked her. He added that question compared to what the angels said. And whom are you seeking? seeking? Because like in just like you were saying, just even in our conversations in our own personal lives, all of this shows up in it. And it's like, wait, oh, it's I have been looking for the what to be redeemed. Yes. Yep. And I have been putting a lot of pressure on God how on the how he's going to redeem the what. Yes. It's so easy to make it sound so Christianized that we don't feel um, 
an obligation even to seek the who. Yes, correct. Because we think if the what is redeemed and if he does it, how he does it is beautiful enough, then we will land on Jesus. Yes. And what we will land on probably is relief. Agreed. Like, oh, okay, great. That's over in my life. And then we move on to the next thing that we're going to worry about and tell him what he needs to fix and how he needs to fix it instead of finding it in him. She was still looking for the body to be restored back to her so she could do the work. Correct. She could serve. She could serve. She could show how devoted she was. She could show love. So she wasn't still, she, the heart was right. Right. And I think a lot of times our heart is right. The focus of what we're looking to be changed is still wrong. I'll be, I'll be fine when the body comes back. I'll be fine when I get to get back to serving. I'll be fine when I am, am able to get back to, for me, get back to in services, get back to working on children's ministry, get back to uh, worship time. I'll be fine when, and Jesus is still standing there going, uh, I, I appreciate you're getting ready to do work for me, but I'm right here. And that will never change what's really broken in you. Because it's not just about that you see me, it's that I see you. And you are seen and valued for who you are. I'm going to say one last thing. Yeah. And then we need to wrap up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think that... Um, think this is more for like not maybe not everyone but there might be some people that need to hear this um i think that mary was was had positioned herself to be tending to his body so remember she has those supernatural gifts of helps and serving and mercy and she was in her in herself she had reconciled and and resolved that she would be utilizing those supernatural gifts as unto a body, as unto how Jesus was previously. And after this miracle, Jesus needed those same exact supernatural gifts to function with him differently now. His dead body did not need him to tend to him any longer in one vein, getting the spices and anointing a body that was dead. He had taken on a new form. We talk about how church will be and have a new form. Really good. Really, really good. How people will become what we are about. And the gifts that you had and have had don't need to come to an end. Those gifts, the boldness, the gifts of faith, those things just needed to have a new, um, speak a different can have a different connectivity with Jesus. Yes. It wasn't like, oh, now this is obsolete. I guess I don't need this anymore. I guess this is not going to use. No, but it's just, it's one, at certain times in our lives, we commune with Jesus over a dead thing. Yes. And then Jesus has to teach us how to use our connectivity to him over something that is now alive and so come good. to life. And so today I know that there's a lot of people that are trying to sort things in their life that have known death over the last year. There are relationships, there are people celebrating Easter today that you have lost people in your life over the last year, whether it's to death or to division. Mm. And you don't have people in your life that were there before. There are certain people that are you're celebrating and you don't have the job that you had before. You don't have the freedom that you had before. You don't have the health that you had before. You don't have the finance that you had before. And we're used to communing with with God over dead things. And I pray today that through this time together, Jesus begins to show you that things that he birthed inside of you that are supernatural, 
those things didn't die with the thing that's Correct. dead. Those things are still alive and well inside of you, and he's going to utilize them. And all it's going to take is you to have a different connectivity with him to learn that he still has life inside of you. The life was never meant to always resuscitate the things that had to die. Yes. Or the things that just did, did die, die because of yep. because of we live in a fallen world. Yep. You didn't die in the process. If yep. you're watching... You didn't die yes. in the process. Yes. You were yes. not lost yes. when something else was lost. Yep. So it's like, I didn't hear no bell. I didn't hear no bell. I didn't hear no bell. Like, we have to live with that rocky spirit. But it's with a new connectivity yes. to the one who calls the fight. Yeah, no, indeed. And you are absolutely right. That's why the resurrection is so yes. important. Without right. the resurrection, right? Without yes. the resurrection... Uh, the, the thing about the resurrection is that it opened up the door for us to become, us in the becoming, yes, yes. to become everything God has created right. us to be. Without the, without the empty tomb, Peter would have had to make a sacrifice, a sin offering, yeah. and still would have lived with guilt. Yes. Still would have lived with guilt. Yes. John would have had to, in his need for understanding, would have had to go to the Pharisee. To try to right. figure out the scripture right. and actually would have been brought under the yoke of legalism rather than the freedom of the Holy yeah. Spirit and this deep relationship that the Spirit of God leads him into. Mary would have never got what she was looking for. She wasn't included in that world. Mm -hmm. She was excluded mm -hmm. from that world. And what she needed was not only, like I've been saying, to see Jesus, but actually realize that she's been seen by Jesus as yeah. well. And those things, that's yeah. what the empty tomb brought. It brought the power for all of us who are in the process of becoming to become by the spirit that lives inside of us. And this is the prayer that, Peter, uh, that Paul prays. And I want to pray it for you right now. I'm just going to pray it over you. But he, he says in Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he yes. has called you, the riches of your glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened, that you may know the glorious inheritance that this resurrection has purchased for you, that you may know the incomparable great power of the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead that now lives inside of you. My friends, it's not how we come to the tomb that matters, but how we live, how we leave it. Jesus is not just Savior. The empty tomb reminds us that he is Lord. He went into the tomb as suffering servant. He came out of the tomb as King of kings and Lord of lords. And that Holy Spirit that changed each and every one of them is the same Holy Spirit he can breathe inside of you this morning. All it takes is for us to come and open up our hearts to him. Matter of fact, it's the last thing he says to Mary. Mary, I know we've had this encounter. Now go, tell everybody that I'm alive. Tell everybody that I'm alive. I want to tell you, this thing called Christianity is not a philosophy. 
a religion, an institution, or an ideology. We do not serve a dead philosopher or someone who just had a good idea. We serve a living Savior who's in the world today. This day is not a day for bunnies, come on, or Easter baskets, or chocolate eggs, although all those things are fun. This day is about reminding us that Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords and is here to meet you, to change you, to transform you, to empower you, to release you, to love you, to make you a son or daughter of His, not only now but for eternity. And all it takes is for us to come and say yes to Him. It is not us being perfect enough for Him to come to us. It was He was so perfect, He in His love can make His perfection. Be, live inside of you and I. That's what this weekend assured us. The cross brought us back and the empty tomb positioned us to be an eternal child of God, both now and forever. And the Bible simply says, if that's something that you have never done, if that's something that you want, if you are uh, can identify and any one of those disciples and saying, man, but Jesus, I just need more of you. I want more of you. I want to know you deeper. I want to know you as Lord and Savior. My friends, can you pray this with us right now? Because the Bible simply says, if I confess Jesus with my mouth, believe in my heart that what he did on this day, on the cross and in the resurrection was enough, I'll be saved today. Let's pray. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. Here I am today. I've come to give you my whole life. I've come to give you my whole life. All that I am. All that I am. All that I have. And all that I have. All that I ever will be. All that I ever will be. I surrender to you now. I surrender to you now. I'm asking you, Jesus. I'm asking you, Jesus. To be the Lord and the Savior of my life. To be the Lord and the Savior of my life. To forgive me of all my sin. To forgive me of all my sin. To cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. To cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. To fill me with that Holy Spirit. To fill me with that Holy Spirit. And to make me your child. And to make me your child. And from this day forward. And from this day forward. And forevermore. And forevermore. I will live. I will live. Bringing you glory. Bringing you glory. Honor. Honor. And praise. And praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. And amen. Amen. That is what Easter Woo! Come on. is about. And if this is the first time that you have prayed that prayer, that you... You felt your spirit inside of you saying, yes, amen. Now what? Mm -hmm. uh, we have a book that we would love to send to you for free of charge. If you want to, uh, there's a link there that's on the whatever platform you're watching on. You can send your name and your mailing address to us this week, and we will get this book out to you. It's called The Surprise of Your Life. It was written by Pastor Rick Campana. It's very approachable. It talks to us in everyday language with so real good. stories. It's fantastic. Um, that really Such an easy help read. You. Yeah, it really is. It's not. It, you're not going to be overwhelmed. It, you're actually going to be uplifted and you're going to be encouraged. And this will help you with your next steps as a disciple like we talked about. Yeah. So make sure that you get your name and your mailing address to yeah. us and we'll send it out Indeed, because I, you know, we say it all the time, but I always want to reinforce it. If you pray that prayer today, that's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Just like for each and every one of those uh, disciples at the tomb. That wasn't the end uh, of their encounter with Jesus or living in that resurrection power. It was just the beginning. Um, but we need, we need stuff like this. And this is, if you grew up thinking you had to work sure. to get to heaven, 
this book this will help you so help you yeah, I mean like true. so help you yeah. um, so so definitely get it and 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 today we want to just before we end we want to give everyone an opportunity to worship in giving today and you know we always say D like we shouldn't this should be the easiest weekend in the world to give right mm-hmm. because for God so loved the world he gave Jesus uh, and and we are the beneficiaries of that but he didn't just give Jesus to change us. He gave to us so that we could change the world. He gave Jesus to us so that we could bring Jesus to the world. And that's part of what your giving does. Your giving honors God. Your giving blesses God. Your giving is an act of worship to God. But at the end of the day, it also is something that actually transforms, brings yes. in a tangible way yeah. the love of Jesus Christ to people. It, is, it, it, it literally rolls back the stone on poverty in, in hunger in people's lives, in worry in people's lives. It rolls back the, 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 the stone of, of addiction at times in people's lives. It rolls away stones in real ways because your giving helps us to bring in tangible forms yeah. the love of Jesus Christ to Thank people. You, so your Thank giving you. has been amazing Thank during you. this during this time, and we're th- we're so, so so thankful for it. Extremely grateful. Amazing for, you. for you it. You've been beautiful. And thank you for continuing to be beautiful over the last year. There's two things I want to say on a personal note. We want to say Happy Easter to Nepal. <gasps> All of we Nepal. love you. All of Nepal. Uh, to Matthew bat- and Liberty, yeah, our friends I love you guys. who are just serving Jesus so beautifully in Nepal. Yep. Uh, we miss you. We love you. We are thinking sure. of you today. Yep. I want to thank Pastors Ron and Irene because I said to myself like an hour before these arrived yesterday, I said, Oh, I should have thought to get flowers for the church for Easter. And literally they came, they delivered literally. them out of nowhere. Like so that. We're so grateful. It's just, it's so many of like the little things. The little things. Just, you know, Jesus always just says like, I got you. I got you. So church, we hope you have today, however you're celebrating it, a most beautiful Easter. I look forward to the never having Easter again from this room. <laughs> Come on, somebody say amen. Can I get an amen? But I'm so thankful yeah. for this room. Truly, I'm truly, thankful for the truly. technology that you have been able to afford Connect yep. so that we can keep doing this for the next, you know, handful of little time here. We're on the and, we're on the tail end, but thank you, church. And we're gonna be it doing, all translates. We're gonna be doing uh, they they've enabled us to be able to keep doing this even after yes. we're back in the building. So yes. that People who people have transition uh, people transition back over those yeah. year, uh, over the next year or so, we're so so grateful. And today, you know, Dee and I talked a lot about becoming a disciple. No matter where you are on that journey, can I encourage you? Take some intentional steps this week, even if it's one more step. There, there's where we are passionate at Connect about helping you get discipled. You know, ladies, you have shoulder to shoulder. Men, we have forged. It's they're just weekly meetings that are online right now, weekly teaching, and then meeting with groups individually online. But can I tell you? And you can say, uh, can I tell you? Just, just take the step. Yeah. It's so worth it. It really is. It's and this Wednesday at 7 p.m. We'll also be doing something called chat room, and we're gonna say goodbye you now. But at 7 p.m. If you want to join, uh, Kyle really does in-depth teaching and really helps you break down the word to understand it and to then actually apply it. And it's a different form than it is yeah. on Sundays. And it's just, it's a good time. It really is a building block. So anyway, we love you, church. Every morning is Easter morning from now on. I love you enough not to